This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I was shocked. And listen, what were those negotiations like with the PGA, (laughs) the Saudis, to get this deal done? It's always great to see hypocrites get exposed. Mm -hmm. Monaghan, the PGA Tour Commissioner, is saying, you know, some people will call me a hypocrite. Yeah, they'll call you that because that's what you are. Now, it would be one thing... Because I'm not a business expert, clearly, Mm -hmm. but it seems like to me what happened today, they can use the term merger or uh, partnership or whatever they want to use. Liv bought the PGA Tour today. Yeah, they did. That's what happened. Gordon, what the heck happened to the Atlanta mascot? What is that thing? Have you seen the Atlanta mascot? What is that? I have not. I don't know what that is. It's like a, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. Now I know they had to change because they were, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know that, yeah, because they were back office someplace. They had to swap that one out (laughs) because they were politically incorrect for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) To say the least. But I don't know what, I don't know what they have right now. It's, it's, it's a weird color. It's tall and it's walking around. And I'm like, what is, what do you call, what, how in, in the meetings that you have and you, and somebody says, you know what? We want a new mascot for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, here's the idea. Let's put this thing out there mm-hmm. and let's vote on it. And people agreed. Yeah, it, it, it's called, uh, its name is Blooper, apparently. It, se- it seems like now all you do is you just get some version of the Philly Fanatic. It's in oh. like different colors, and you just slap a, a jersey of whatever team you are on it with a hat, and then you call that your mascot. I call oh, it shouldn't we be beyond the point of mascots at this point at yes, the game? Yes, we should be. Absolutely. I mean, what do we need the mascots for? We're telling people what to do on the scoreboard. Jump, cheer, Clap. scream, yell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why do we need the mascot? Not trying, not trying to put them out of business. No. But I'm just saying, what are we, what are we doing with this? Why? What? what? I, I googled the mascot because I must have. I, I did not see it on the screen. Uh, and one of the first questions in Google is. What is the Braves mascot supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really have any answer. They just say blooper. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mistake. Yes. That's what it is. He's a product of science run amok, <laughs> meaning blooper is everything that makes uh, a Braves super fan. Uh, He's this is nearly AI. seven foot tall and wears a 5XL shirt. This is AI gone wrong. Yeah. That's what it is. And you know you might say, well, they have the they have the mascots for the kids that are going to the game. Any kid that's interested in that, they're they're going with their parents. The, the parents are dragging them to the game anyway. Yeah, it's not, it was they're, they're not driving to the game. It's not their no. choice. No. Oh. Notice I complained about this and I haven't mentioned the score. No, let's leave the score out of it. <laughs> notice I, notice no need I'm to just, bring up the score. Oh no, not not right now. Gore, before we talk about the NBA, I want to go back. Because uh, Harvey and Junior did such a great job on the on the liner at the top of the hour, mm-hmm. and that was about the PGA Live merger. Now Ian O'Connor was on the Michael K show, and Ian has, I mean, he's written every book. He's written so many books about golf. He is a guy that knows golf and football. Is it? He's he's well rounded. Uh, Gordon, here's what he had to say 
about the PGA golfers and how they feel about this merger. There is a feeling of betrayal that's out there, and I'm not saying everybody has that feeling, but some of the players who stayed loyal to the PJ Tour and turned down $100, $200 million deals, they're feeling that way because now Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Kepka, they're going to be welcomed back into the fold after cashing in to the nth degree, and a lot of players rightfully feel that is not fair. And I think when Mickelson officially announced he was defecting and going to live, and he deserved to be criticized for that. I think I want to make that clear. But at the time, when the PGA Tour tried to turn this into a morality play, and they encouraged you to think about Saudi atrocities in terms of their human rights record and connection to 9-11, that was all complete BS. All the PJ Tour cared about, and I wrote this a year ago, was the money. And they were just like the NFL when the USFL came about, and they wanted to crush the competition. It was the same thing, and today the PGA Tour admitted that. Uh, so, Ian, will there be any changes to golf? My suspicion is it'll be 72 holes. There'll be a cut at some tournaments, maybe not at others. I think they're going to, it sounds like, embrace this team competition, which I can't follow. They're going to have to really overhaul that team competition for anyone here to care about it. I think there's a way of doing it. But I think that it's going to be fascinating to see it play out. I do think that this is good for golf fans in that you now get everybody back, all the great players under the same tent. It is such a bad look for the leaders of the PGA Tour. I really think they look completely foolish today. It probably is good for the game long term. But, man, the road there was – this is a real embarrassment for anyone who was involved with the PGA Tour who opposed Liv. Now, Ian O'Connor, who was a guest on the Michael K. Show earlier today, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, was asked, can the PGA Live merger affect TV ratings? Here's part of the PGA Tour's problem is that the Saudi thing, the 9-11 thing as it related to Live, started to go away, and I predicted that would happen. And so suddenly the conversation was about the viability of Live in terms of the, the ratings on the CW network and and I thought that Live had sort of overcome to some degree the connection to 9-11, the, the murder and dismemberment of the Washington Post journalist uh, Khashoggi, and those things weren't being talked about and written about as much as last year. And so, I don't know, I, I think in the short term that is going to be an issue, but uh, over the long haul, hey, it's the only game in town now. All these uh, entities, the World Tour, the European Tour, Live, and the PJ Tour are now in the same tent. So... It's the only game in town. If you're a golf fan and you want to watch the sport, you're going to watch whatever they call this. And I don't see an alternative. Gordon, can you imagine, and we kind of touched on it earlier with Tiger Woods, right? But can you imagine now the, the, the battle, the discussion, the disagreement you had as a PGA golfer with the guys who were with the PGA that merged, with, that left to go to live? Mm -hmm. And now – they're back on the same tour with you. I mean, yeah, the money's okay, but you still, Gordon, aren't you going to still feel a way a little bit? I would think that your anger, though, would shift from those guys who left and took the money to the league or the 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 uh, federation, your, your your PGA tour that convinced you to stay, mm -hmm. mm. and 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 convinced you to have loyalty to them. When they did, they, when they turned around, they didn't have loyalty to you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I could understand if you're Rory McIlroy at a time being ticked off at a Phil Mickelson or whatnot, 
But I would think if you're Rory McIlroy today hearing this news, you're ticked off of the PGA Tour. Yeah, true. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would think that the tour almost is is required at this point to kind of fix this with the biggest stars that decided to stay loyal. I would think that they'd almost have to. Jay Monahan. <laughs> Big Money Jay. When did you know it was time for a merge? As time went on, and you know, you've heard me say a couple times, circumstances change. You know, I looked at, at where we were at that point in time, and it was the right point in time to have a conversation. They needed to go down their path, and we were going to go down ours. We've done everything we can within our control to improve and grow the PGA Tour, and they've launched Live. They've proceeded with Live. They've made progress with Live. But ultimately, it was looking at the broader picture and saying that. I don't think it's right or sustainable to have this tension in our sport. Yeah. So, so translation, we right. couldn't kill live off. So we'll right. take the money. <laughs> yeah. They went down their path and they got a wheelbarrow and they filled it with hundred dollar bills. And then they brought it down up their path to our path. And then we put it, we took the wheelbarrow into our path. And now we have the wheelbarrow full of money. I mean, I, I mean, I, it is amazing that people with a straight face can just bold face lie to you. That is that is impressive. Like not even a snicker, not even a ooh, this feels uncomfortable. He did it with a straight face, right at the camera. It is, it is bold. It is bold, man. It's impressive. It is impressive. It's not easy to do. Not easy to do. <laughs> I mean, like, do you, does he he realize? And he realizes we have the tape of him from a year ago yeah. talking about nine eleven and talking about all these things. Yep, atrocities, atrocities, and uh, I mean, just listen to the the cut that we played from Ian O'Connor. Well, you know, people have started to forget about the nine eleven stuff and the 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 murdering of the of the and, and dismemberment of the the media guy Khashoggi. That's kind of faded into the background. Some, I mean, it's unbelievable. So now's the right time to get paid. Now's the right time because people are forgetting. We knew they would. We knew they would eventually forget. <laughs> uh, I'd love to have been one of those people calling the PGA Tour players and, and breaking this news to them. <laughs> oh, oh could only imagine some of the things that are being said there. Jay Monahan, what's it like being called a hypocrite? I recognize everything that, that I've said in the past and in my prior positions. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. And anytime I've said anything, I said it with the information I had at that moment. And I said, I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA Tour and our players. And so I accept those criticisms. But circumstances do change. And I think that, you know, in looking at the big picture and looking, looking, at, looking at it this way, that's, that's, what, that's what got us to this point. <laughs> i'm sorry uh, I mean, it's impressive in other words they were paying me to get rid of live mm -hmm. we couldn't get rid of live so now live is paying me to bring the pga right. and live together for a merger that's all i'm doing whatever they ask me to do to get the money i'm getting the money that's, that's it. what i'm doing that's my job mm -hmm. that's who i am that's what i do <laughs> Oh, it's fascinating. It is. It is. I'm really curious, but I guess to the golf fan, Gordon, the bottom line is I'll be able to see my favorite players in one place playing against each other 
I, I'm good. I, your your father-in-law is going to be happy to see that Phil Mickelson and, and guys will be back on the tour again. I guess I've not, I've not talked to him about it today. I don't know though, man, it kind of feels like to me in a way. And again, I'm not a big golf guy, Mm -hmm. but it would feel like to me that the star is the tour. And I want the best golfers to be on the tour, but I'm watching the tour and whoever the best guys are, those are the stars of the tour. Right. Right. And once you leave the tour and go into uh, basically Siberia in terms of golf with, with, you know, watching it on whatever the CW or wherever they, they show it and whatever format they have, it would kind of be like out of sight, out of mind. Right. right. So I, I, again, I'm not a huge tour uh, PGA tour guy. I watch the majors. I'm interested in those. And I like seeing specific guys, but to me, that's the star I thought was kind of the tour and whoever was the best players right. on the tour at any given time. Yeah. Those are mm-hmm. the stars of the tour, but it's not necessarily that they're the, you know, Tiger Woods is, was the star, right? Mm-hmm. He would mm-hmm. he would have been somebody that would have been able to translate into another league and you would still go and follow that person. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any of the guys that moved over to live were able to draw eyeballs away from the PGA Tour. Right, right. So why, so why take the money? <laughs> you, well, you, I mean, for them, the yeah, yeah. You if know. you can, if you can get two hundred million dollars, like a Phil Mickelson or the other guys, I can't remember all the different numbers that they got, but it was fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars. Yeah. Yep. Whoever was advising them nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. because I'm sure that somewhere they said, yeah, you know, it's a very good chance that somewhere down the line they end up merging anyway. Because mm-hmm. if they, if they're able to pay this golfer two hundred million and this golfer fifty million and that golfer seventy million. Is it really that far-fetched to think they'll just say, hey, PGA Tour, we'll give you this much? Yeah. Whatever that number is. And you put us – and you use your negotiation skills and, the, and, the, and the, you know, the media that you have to put us on primetime. Mm-hmm. And everybody wins. Kind of. Yeah. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Go to the phones, Gordon. Jonathan's in L.A. Jonathan, talk to us on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Um, I had a question. So uh, earlier in the Michael K. show, they were talking about this. I want to see what what you guys think about this. Uh, Well, the Saudis, I guess, I mean, they already took over PGA. And they're already taking over there the top soccer stars like Ronaldo, Messi, Benzema. You think, what about 10 years from now? You think they, I mean, hopefully they start taking over NBA, NFL. They start offering these huge, massive contracts to uh, to these superstars. And one quick note on the Yankees. Hopefully, Bay is not that long. That judge is injured. But if he is, uh, uh, Gordon, who do you see uh, in the trade market? Probably like Cody Bellinger or uh, Kyle Schorber. Thank you, guys. Well, Great you know, we're a little far away from that, Jonathan, so we're going to have to wait Thanks, to, wait and see. Uh, ho- hopefully we're not at the trade deadline still missing Aaron Judge because if the Yankees are missing Aaron Judge that long, well, Season's then they're, over. They're, they're, right, exactly right. Pack, <laughs> pack it up. <laughs> Head to the lifeboats, man. Uh, the season is over. So, um, But, uh, look, I, the Yankees are generally active every season at the trade deadline, and, and based on that lineup, even with Aaron Judge, I think they have to be uh, active this year. I would say that the, the, the part about the the other leagues cashing in with this uh, PIF deal 
like the PGA Tour did today, I, I would say it's unlikely right now because they don't have other leagues where they can buy. But mm-hmm. could they buy into the NBA? Could they buy into other sports? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, all these leagues, they will say whatever they have to. But at the end of the day, they are businesses and they will do what's best for business. And generally what's good for business is taking money. <laughs> Getting a boatload right. of money is good for business. Yeah, because here's what they know. You're going to watch anyway. Mm-hmm. You're hooked. They You're got you. Watch. Absolutely. I was watch. listening to the K show today and people were calling, I'm never going to watch golf again. Right. Forever is a very long time. They'll be watching the next match. Think about when the baseball, when they sh- had the strike and they canceled mm-hmm. the World Series, how long right. it, it, it did take people a little while. But yeah. what was it, basically? A year? Two yeah. years? Yeah. They come back. And uh, depending on who you speak to, Gordon, some might say that baseball allowed certain things to go on <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. to get people back, like a certain home run chase. Yeah. You know, to set a record that that, you know, that was what was credited for bringing baseball back and putting baseball back on the map to bring back the disgruntled folks who and you're right. And you know what, Gordon, you're right, because they were really disgruntled. You're talking about I mean, they had world wars and they they still played the World World Series. Series. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, will you pick it up? Yeah. I'm I'm just yelling at Jeff O'Neill. So. So I'm so you had to be upset. You know, if you're a baseball fan, what's going on? What, what why are you strike this with no baseball for this? So they had to so, you know, Bud Sealing Sealing. I'm not saying that he said, Okay, let them let them do whatever they wanted to do, but I mean, you know, Gordon the reporter did ask Sammy Sosa, what are those in his locker? And he said they're Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and didn't and didn't uh, McGuire yes. have something else in his life? I think he had Andrew Andro in his Dion. locker, right? Yeah, yeah, a little Andro in there. Right. What's throw, that? Throw people Mind off your the scent. Yeah. Oh no, this is all. I I only use <laughs> oh, this. Come on, mm-hmm. oh, milkshake, protein, lifting. Two and one and two. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, so you know the, the sports. It's it's it. The bottom line, like you said, it's a business, and it's a business, ladies and gentlemen, at all levels. It's a business in college too, especially now mm-hmm. with players getting their likeness and and different things based on where they are, the sport they play, and how popular. Oh yeah, it's a business. Everything everything is out in the open now, Gordon. It's about the money. Yeah, Everything's there are no open. morals no. that cannot be bought. <laughs> Even the Olympics, yeah. Even the Olympics, which is supposed to be. Oh my God! Know. The further the further you go up, the more think about it. The the more powerful the organization, the more corrupt they are. That's true. The Olympics, FIFA. Think yep. about how corrupt FIFA is. Yep. So it's, we have to mention the NCAA. They speak for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they really do. Oh man, it, it's it's. Uh, one more thing before we go to break, Gordon. How many as a Yankee fan? How many years have you heard Kyle Swarber coming to the Yankees? How many years? How many? Oh, years there, there, there are certain guys. Um, there are certain guys that you just hear forever, and and sometimes they end up there. Ken Phelps, who I think was the oh, first no. guy that I heard for years. Ken Phelps is the Yankees are going to get Ken Phelps, and they did eventually get Ken Phelps. They gave up Jay Buhner to get Ken Phelps. 
Uh, and uh, his swing did not exactly uh, cash in at Yankee Stadium, despite being a left-handed bat. Um, there's been a bunch of pitchers. There's a bunch of guys. And, yes, Kyle Schwarber is a guy that for years we've heard how Cashman – he was the name that was floated when they were trading for Glaber Torres. That's right. That was the first name that kind of came up. Yep. They'd love to have Kyle Schwarber. And uh, I don't know that Kyle Schwarber is going to be um, the guy. Not with that average. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's look, not he, hitting either. He, he's, he is a lefty bat, and I'm sure he would hit a ton of home runs at Yankee Stadium. But, yeah, what is he hitting, like 150 right now? It yeah. would be like Joey Gallo point two. Yep. And his on base is, you know, please. <laughs> it's not very good. And that's not <laughs> If you're hitting 150, it's kind of hard to have a high on base. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's home run or bust. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. He's For, for, for fans of the K-Show, he's Dave Kingman of the Mets. <laughs> In the 70s. Yeah. That's what he is. Strikeout or home run. Nothing else, Nothing in between. That's what Swarber's been. And listen, as a Met fan, I'm happy because he's killed us the past couple of seasons. He's well, he, us he usually gets hot right around now. I know he had a home run tonight. So this yep. is usually where he goes on a, on a streak. For about just, a month. Yep. For about a month. That's what he does. Gordon, we promised it. We teased it. We'll talk NBA Finals next on 98.7 ESPN. Will you pick it up? This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, it's tomorrow night right here on 98.7. Game three, Nuggets and Heat, this time in Miami. This is this should be a really good game. I think it's going to be a combination. I think it's going to be close to the last game. Gordon, I do. I think the tempo is going to be about the same. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be nip and tuck, go back and forth. Uh... I do think, though, the Nuggets will respond and they will take game three tomorrow night. I do. I think that they've had uh, – they've, they've watched enough video. They've been cursed out enough by Mike Malone. <laughs> they, uh, they know how badly they performed, and they know that they want to get the home court advantage back. Not that I don't know that it means that much, especially in the finals, mm-hmm. because if you reach the finals, you can play good on the road as well as at home. But I do think the way they played, because it's funny, because I think we said this about the Knicks. We have not seen Denver play their their best game yet. The first game was close. The first Mm -hmm. game was close early. But we've not seen them play their best 48 minutes yet. And they've always seemed to, they seem to wind down in the fourth quarter. They winded down in the fourth quarter in game one. That kind of gave Miami the idea of, you know what? They have trouble with this zone. We can throw the zone at them. It's going to be an issue. And, of course, in the fourth quarter in game two, they took over. Yeah, they, the, the Nuggets have not played their best in the fourth quarter, which is a little concerning because uh, generally a lot of these games are going to come down. There's not going to be many blowouts at this point, not against this Heat team. Now, I would think that at some point the Heat are not going to continue to shoot the way they have shot. But – if you're the Nuggets, you got to figure out a way to make sure they don't shoot like they've yeah. shot. You can't just rely on them to start missing some shots. So um, the the Nuggets were kind of fortunate that game one, they had such a big lead. Although, I mean, if they had lost game one, they'd be down 0-2 right now. Yeah, that's right. Isn't so, that, wouldn't yeah, that be lot, something? Yeah, they have a lot <laughs> to clean up right now. So uh, And it starts in the fourth quarter. Um, and, um, and it starts with their defense as well, because that defense in, in game two – uh, they were they were a lot of open shots, and uh, the Heat hit a lot of them. So 
you would you'd like to think that it's a series of adjustments, and mm-hmm. now that the Heat have made their adjustments and taken a game and go back home, that now it's up to Denver to to show us that they've learned something. So in this age of preparation and coaches' punishment, they used to do laps and they used to do different things like that. They don't do that anymore, Gordon. What they do is they punish you via video. Mm. <laughs> Our own Yamasuk is uh, covering the NBA Finals for us. And on ESPN.com, he says, Michael Malone showed, get this, Gordon, 17 different clips during a film session. And every clip was a discipline clip, whether it was game plan, whether it was personnel, whether it was defending without fouling, fouling, whatever it may be, 17 clips added up to over 40 points in game two. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow, that, that tells you a lot, right? Man, he he had he had more than enough to to pull to draw from. It was not a a limited uh, video selection. <laughs> no, he had a lot. He had a lot. He had a lot to go on. It could have been probably could have been seventeen more. <laughs> probably <laughs> would have been more. Uh, through two fourth quarters, this is again according to Ohm's article, the Heat are shooting in the two fourth quarters of games one and two, Gordon. Mm-hmm. 63.8% from the field, averaging 33 points in the fourth quarter. 60, almost 64%. Yeah, that, that feels wow. like it's unsustainable. And for Denver, they better hope it's unsustainable. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if, if the Heat keeps shooting like that, it's going to be, they're, they're going to win the series. I don't think they can keep shooting like that. Um, But it's, the two fourth quarters are, uh, they have to be concerning if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is because it says that they're taking your best punch. Understand? It's almost like they're doing a Ali rope dope to George Foreman, right? They're mm-hmm. taking the blows early and they're waiting till late and you, you're, you're tired out, you're worn down, and they just come and they, and they take the game. They take the game from you. And they've done it the first two games. So, uh it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. And the other thing that they desperately need, Denver, they need Michael Porter to shoot. Michael Absolutely. Porter Jr. to hit some yep. baskets. Yep. He's been he's been awful from three. Awful. Mm-hmm. Was this a three from seventeen? Yeah. Wow. And and that's it, it. Does kind of I know that uh, Eric Spolstra kind of laughed off the question or or kind of you know put down the question of of did you just basically take away everybody but Jokic? Mm-hmm. But it felt like they kind of took everyone. They they were going to let Jokic have his, and he gets his. But everybody else really struggled in game two. Yeah, it's he makes everybody better with his court vision, his passing ability, and what they said was score all the points you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though, oh no, that, that's that's you don't know basketball. Duh, we stood there and watched you let him score every point. Now, now we're not saying that you didn't defend him and just said, "Here, take it." Don't mm-hmm. be, don't be. To borrow a phrase from Peter Rosenberg, Captain Literal Man. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that your preference was okay. We'd rather you shoot it than you passing and getting everybody with the cuts and movement that you have because that's when Denver's playing their best. Yeah, I mean, I would have done the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. You'd like to think that that's going to be the case for Game Three. Um, you know that they're going to be able to adjust to that. Yeah, you would think so. So it is going to be interesting tomorrow night to see just how, uh, and of course, what Miami's going to do. How does Miami counteract what Denver's going to do to them? 
And how will the game be called by the officials? Because that's essential for Miami. Miami needs to be able to be physical for them to continue to really rough up Denver and make their movement and slow down their cuts and all the things that they want to do offensively that makes them move and makes them so good. The physicality kind of takes that away. And that's what, that's how Miami can bring the game back to, to themselves. And we all, and we see already that Tyler hero is not going to play in game three, but I mean, listen, the way Martin and Vincent and Lowry have played, mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of, they, they, they're used to not having hero. So it's not really a big deal. No. Um, and the, the heat, as we said last night, they, they, what do I got to work with? All right. This is what I'm, I'm going to put together a game plan with what I got and what, and what's working in, in each individual game. Yep. So you know that you're going to get their best. Um, it's up to the other nuggets outside of Jokic, I think, to step up. Jamal Murray, as you mentioned, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, it's, it's time for them to, to make some, some adjustments going into game three. Yeah, they have to because uh, you lose game three, Gordon. You're down now 2-1. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a little different series. No question. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, it feels like a different series. I know, look, it's, it's just 1-1. Um, you have to expect that the Heat are a prideful bunch that they're gonna they're gonna force you to 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 win the games that you win. But it does it does not feel like even if Denver goes on and wins this series in five, at least at this point this moment in time, it feels like this is a live series. It doesn't feel like it, this. That was not a performance that the Heat, you know, played a, a really rough defensive kind of game. Uh, and, and just hit a shot at the end. They had yes. they had a lead. They lost the lead, and then they built the lead back up. And they were going away at, at near the end of the game before Denver finally made a little bit of a push and and had a three pointer to, to try and tie it up. But uh, that was not like a fluky game for the Heat to win in Game Two. So this it feels was like not. a series. It does. It feels like a series, and it's going to feel that way, Gordon. I think until obviously until it's over, but but until Denver plays like what we've seen Denver play. You know, when they play like the Nuggets and it's a big lead or they win by 15 or 20 or something like that, maybe a blowout or something that's, you know, one of those games where it was a wire-to-wire lead or something of mm-hmm. that nature, then you get to feel like, okay, this is Denver. All right, this is the Denver that we're used to seeing. Okay, now they've they've gotten things back in order, but uh, not right now. And, and listen, Miami is not going to make it easy. There's no question nope. about it. Miami is nope. not going to make it easy. Yeah, um, so not not uh, not a great spot to find yourself in if you're the Denver Nuggets, but you got you got your chance to to regain the home court, go out there in a game three and 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 find a way to get a win. I hope Blooper's costume has holes for air. I'm just watching so. him run off the field because he's. Oh. Uh, if you're in there, you're. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, lost you, about you, forty you're pounds. It, yeah, Will you pick it up. Atlanta Heat. Yeah. Oh. Not not. Uh, not not a good uh, not a good it, it was a good start. It was a good start. It like was many a good of my start. bets. It's a, it was a good start. It looked like we were home free, Larry. Yeah, come on, Gordon. Admit it. You 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 canceled that bet after. It was no, it was it was in the whole time. <laughs> Scared money don't make money, Larry. Well, you should have canceled it when it was four three. And 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 I can tell you, I don't make money. I can tell you that right now. I always have scared money because I never make money. <laughs>
That's the Mets that's is, longest losing streak of the season now, right? Four in a row. Yeah. Mets lose to Atlanta. What are they? They've lost, I think, 12 of 16 in Atlanta at this ballpark now. Truest Park. I think it's 12 of 16 they've lost. Oh, it's a nightmare. Well, look, here's the thing with the Mets. You're, you're now back under 500. You've blown a game here that it looked like 4-1 lead. You felt pretty good about. Now it's up to Scherzer and Verlander. You're getting yes. paid a billion dollars. Go out there and shut them down. Yes, you're right. thousand percent right. And can I be honest with you? I got more faith in Verlander than Scherzer. Oof. I just you, do. You, and, and you really need Scherzer. Because and I really you, need Scherzer. You, you, can't, you can't lose the first two. No, I can't. I can't. Thank God the NBA is on tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> At the first sign of trouble, I'm bailing. <laughs> we'll continue the conversation next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon's head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry and Gordon. How, how, are, how are you guys doing? We're good, Jose. What you got? Uh, just calling in, and I just have to say, with uh, Larry, you were totally right. You said check back with him in five in five innings, and you know, <laughs> those in first five innings though, we were golden. Uh, he was <laughs> Little did I know the Mets weren't going to get a hit in the last five innings. He was counting his money, Jose. Oh, he was count- he already oh, spent it. Man. His daughter was getting a new costume for her next play. It was yes. all set. All it was set. all set. So, so, so now you could understand, Larry, why as a Jeff fan, I'm highly skeptical when he, you know, said that we were going 16 and one, and then no, 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 I, I corrected it. I ran it through the the algorithm again. The Jets are going 15 and two. Oh, okay. There's another loss in somewhere. Yes. Uh, yeah. So there we go. So it'll uh, be 14 and three in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're gonna keep going down, and by so the time keep going it's down, I'm telling you. By the time the season starts, it'll be ten and seven, and then we'll we'll, we'll possibly nine and eight. Playoff and a nine and eight by the time the season starts. <laughs> so I gotta say this: uh, with the finals, you guys are totally right. I do expect a great game for Game Three, and because because I do think that this is going to be an adjustment. And like you said, Malone had <laughs> was just really going after his players. I I never seen anything like it before, where he just did, where he just pretty much called out each of his players in each, you know, similar way. Like, I was just, I was just like, wow. So we're going to see how that responds. And with the Knicks, because uh, I definitely did, did hear your point earlier in the show. I, I think KP would be a horrific idea. Because oh. uh, just imagine the center squad of KP and Mitchell Robinson. And we know how great they are with, you know, durability concerns and then we have Isaiah Hartley and Jericho Sims who are pretty much the opposites of each other when it comes to offense and defense it, 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 that, that, that's just a nightmare waiting to happen KP is not the right answer for us but it wouldn't surprise me Larry because you know that that would be a Nick thing to do wouldn't it <laughs> no don't say that Jose come on now don't don't do that to me don't do that to me I just had to Thanks for the folk. I just had to watch Jeff McNeil pick up and drop a ball five times already. I just said, that's how you heard me moaning in the background. So please don't tell me that I got a chance to watch Porzingis and Mitchell Robinson run down the court in slow motion while they're getting killed on the break. 
I don't need to see that, Gordon. I don't need to see that. You know what the Porzingis rumor tells me is that nobody really has an idea what the Knicks are looking at. Because I'm pretty sure it ain't that. No, it can't be that. It can't be that. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? You know, just watching SportsCenter. Saw two stories that really made me very happy. Uh, first was DeMar Hamlin, full participant at OTA for the Bills. You know, God bless him and his family. I mean, wow. You know what I mean? That's, That's a amazing. long way from, from that. From, what was that, Thursday night or was it Monday night? I can't remember what day that game was, but, you know, God bless him. I think it was a Thursday night. Yeah, I think it was a Thursday night. It was a Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Second thing is I'm just watching a little double, uh, WNBA highlights. I mean, Becky Hammond, good Lord. Good Lord, sweet baby Jesus in the manger. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> that's a beautiful woman right there, man. <laughs> he was gonna lie. <laughs> you know, um, Aaron Rodgers was at OTA today, guys, and he did some really great things. He uh, he walked and he chewed bubblegum at the same time, and all of the you know the uh, the viewers they went wow. You understand what it was? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be absolutely hilarious. When they go 10 and 7 or whatever that's going to be, I, I can't wait to talk to these guys, you know, the fanboys on this station that told that were waxing poetic about, you know, how he's going to change the whole franchise. I mean, coaching has nothing to do with it, and the offensive line has nothing to do with it. You get your quarterback, he's your GM, he's your coach. Sky's the limit for the Jets. You know, unbelievable. But, um, you know, listen. I'm glad the Heat won that game, you know, for for the sake of competition at least. You know, who wants to see a five-game series, a four-game series, whatever, you know, it was lining up to be in the beginning. But what's your guys' thought on, like, on Mike Malone? Don't you feel like, like he's been getting, like, like extra criticized and, and it doesn't make sense, especially in this town where people here love Bill Parcell so much? I mean, what did he say that was so horrible? You know what I'm talking about? Like, the team need to play better. And they need to come out. They need to compete more. There's nothing wrong with what he said. I mean, I have no problem with what he said. They didn't show up. Come on, they, they didn't show up at the end of the game to to, to the media responsibilities. That's weak. You understand know what I'm saying? That's weak. That's on them. That's not on him. And you know, yeah. like like I said, you know, before the other night, you know, you're talking about the the wild card was Bruce Brown. The wild card for for Denver Nuggets is not Bruce Brown. The wild card for them is Michael Porter Jr. Plain and simple. I mean. He had what he had five points the other day. That that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. With his height, athleticism, and talent, you know the the thing that that messes him up is 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 what this new basketball is nowadays. I just want to chuck threes, bro. Put the ball in the basket. Put the ball on the floor. Take the ball to the basket. You understand what I'm saying? And you it will open up all of the game that you need to do. And then also once in a while you can play defense. You understand what I'm saying? Did you see that mm-hmm. foul that he had at a bio? What was he trying to do? Take a look? Yeah, I mean, no, he wasn't trying to do anything to him. He wasn't trying to do anything to him, Buddha. He wasn't. Put your body into it. It's Come the playoffs, on. man. I mean, it's the playoffs, Buddha. You're right. He wasn't trying to do anything. He's just trying to get in the way. And that he did. <laughs> but, you know, wrap him up. It's okay. You're, you already fouled him. You might as well hold on to him. <laughs> You know what I mean, Gordon? It's just, just, he can't score there. You don't let him get the score and the basket. Well, Make him shoot and, the free and to go back to Buddha's comments about um, what Mike Malone said was wrong or wasn't wrong or, or why does anybody have a problem with it? Unfortunately, that's the day and age we live in. Yeah. 
Like for you and I and Buddha and people of, of roughly our age, um, th- th- you've heard a whole lot worse, oh, a please. whole lot worse on a random day for doing That's a whole it. lot less in a, right. le- in a less uh, high leverage spot than that. Mm-hmm. But this is the day and age. That now qualifies as something that's controversial, questioning your team's effort because so few people do it. That's right. And, you know, now that I think of that that the Bengals-Bills game, I'm almost positive it was a Monday night game because I remember that it was Joe Buck and and Troy that were doing the game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sean's in Long Island. What's up, Sean? Hey, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Excuse me. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Knicks. Um, what off? Go ahead, Sean. Can you guys hear me? We now got we can. You. Okay. Uh, what moves you think the Knicks should make? And um, it well, one of them being the obvious uh, one, if uh, they should trade Randall. And what do you think we should we can get for Randall? I think if we can figure out a way to. Uh, Trade Randall now at his peak of what his value is. You send him to Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know what else you think would need to get it done, but it's eventually to swap for Embiid. I think a change of scenery for Embiid would be really nice, and I think Jalen Brunson is just what he needs to uh, kind of be his co-captain. What's your guys' take? All right, Sean, thanks for the phone call. I think that's not happening. No. I I hate to break it to Knicks fans, and maybe I'll be proven to be 100% wrong. I don't think the Knicks are having any conversations about how do we move Julius Randle. Now, look, if something gets presented to them, who knows? You can never say never, but I don't – the idea that the Knicks, after having the most successful season they've had in a decade, are now actively trying to trade one of their two best players – I don't think that that's going to happen. And I certainly don't think that the, the 76ers are going to trade Joel Embiid to the Knicks. Moving Randall is not their priority. No. Their priority is going to be building around what they have. Now, if mm-hmm. something comes up, like you said, sure. Gordon, and they say, hey, you know what, here's the deal. All right, yeah, well, well okay, we may, we may do that. We may move that. Uh, but, no, this, moving him is not the priority. They, they like that three. I will say this. They, they might be more open to moving R.J. Barrett now than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Wake me when there are reports of another team interested in Julius Randle. Boy. All right, Sleeping Beauty. Because I don't see you waking for a while. <laughs> Wake me when the reports are that this team really wants to make a deal for Randle. Because until that happens, he's not going anywhere. He's not. Well, guess what? He's not going anywhere. No, he's not going He's going to be here. Mm-hmm. He's going to be here. Sorry. Get used to him. Get used to him. Here's what you hope, that you get some other players so that he doesn't have as much responsibility as he has. Exactly. That's what you want. That's what you want. All right, Gordon, we step out of the way for the NBA playoffs tomorrow night, so we'll see you on Thursday, my friend. Have a good day. Sounds good, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us as always. Harvey Julian, thank you very much. Up next, conversation continues. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next on 98.7 ESPN New York. Will you pick it up? This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.